You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 341 of Podcateers. This week we talk about our New Year's resolutions. We wonder about the changes that we'll see at Disneyland when it finally reopens to maintain social distancing. A lucky Walt Disney World guest gets a preview of Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Plus, we share our thoughts on Burrow and Soul, both available now on Disney+. We'd also love to hear from you. You can join the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for Podcateers, or you can join us on our new Discord server. You'll find a link in the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 341. Thank you very much to everybody that contributed to our virtual food drive to help cast members that were laid off during the pandemic. Uh, We were able to provide over 1,500 meals for people around the Orange County area. We're thinking about ways to help and another virtual food drive might be the way for us to do it. But if you'd like to stay connected with our efforts, you can go to our charity page, which is teamboatwilly.com or follow teamboatwilly on Instagram. For everyone that took a moment to share and donate, thanks for helping spread some magic. Uh, And of course, before we jump into the episode, we'd like to send a special thank you to the FGP Squad, aka our podcast Fairy Godparents, because it's their monthly support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. Being part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks like access to our monthly happy hour calls, additional discounts on gear, additional content. So if you'd like more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, you can go to podcateers.com FGP. And as always, a very special thank you to the FGP Squad for their continued support. So that's going to wrap it up for this intro and for 2020. Uh, It's definitely been a crazy year, but we want to thank you for being there along with us for the ride. Uh, We appreciate all of the comments about how we helped you get through this year. And the truth is that the feeling is mutual. Uh, All of you helped us make it through this year as well. Uh, We're honored and we're humbled that you allow us to be a small part of your life on a weekly basis. And we're looking forward to the opportunity of finally getting together again in 2021. So uh, we hope that you all have a safe and socially distant New Year's Eve. Thank you all for listening. Here is episode 341 of Podcateers. Squiggles. We did it. Yay. We did it. You know, having to troubleshoot audio issues before we start recording never ceases to amaze me because sometimes it's a really simple problem and other mm-hmm. times it's like today where we spent basically an hour and a half trying to figure stuff out. But we did it. We got through we it. Did. Wanted to bang our heads against the wall, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we we managed. <laughs> twenty twenty, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what though? It's what? okay because twenty twenty is coming to an end. What we're recording is officially the last episode of twenty twenty. It's going to release just a day before New Year's Eve. And then, you know, 2021, we are hoping that everything turns out better. Things are kind of, I mean, it's 
it's weird to say that things are turning around because they are, except in California where there's a, still a bunch of selfish people. But, you know, that's a story for another day. Uh, mm-hmm. But in, in general, things are looking up, right? Like there's a vaccine. Right. It's starting to roll out. I, I've read about some people having some allergic reactions to it. But I think that is expected you know i think there's uh Mm -hmm. people that have allergic reactions to other types of medication as well like whenever you go they always ask you you know are you allergic to anything because they're trying to figure out if the medication they're going to give you is going to trigger something like that because it might have traces of it so i think it was expected they just didn't know what to expect because it was it was so brand new and it was uh brought to us much sooner then normal vaccines are brought to us. Um, but I'm looking forward to being able to finally take it when it's my turn. And uh, hopefully that'll be the beginning of, you know, getting back to being around people <laughs> again. Right, right. Being around people I, and I... not running scared. <laughs> <laughs> same, 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 same. And I, I, this is what I'm thinking, and this is how I'm looking at it. You know, this year was rough. So basically, my bar is low. So anything that happens that's good is going to be amazing. You know what? I didn't think about it like that. But you know what? You're right. I'm totally going to start looking at 2021 like that. It's like, well, in 2021, it can only get better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to... Moving on from all of this, uh, you know, I'm optimistic that mm-hmm. things will move in a positive direction. So yeah. I'm just going to leave that we, there. We've got that, that, that light, that light. It's, it's shining. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I anticipate there's still going to be some bumps along the way as we kind of try to correct course. But, you know, you don't get to being... The ship that can travel, what is it, the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs without taking a few bumps along the way. Just like the Millennium Falcon did. What's up? Star Wars reference. I'm a nerd. Yes. That flew right over my head. I'm so sorry. Look, I'm sure I got that reference <laughs> It's correct. been a rough day. <laughs> I'm 99% sure I got that reference correct. If not, it's cool. We'll... we'll... Have someone tell oh, us. Oh, yeah. I'm good. sure that if I didn't, somebody will bring it up. <laughs> the first person that will bring it up is going to be Gavin when he listens. <laughs> I know. Our apologies, Gavin. <laughs> no, I got it right. I'm, I'm confident I did. I, I, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a... I don't want to call it a weird week. Uh, it was a bittersweet Christmas, obviously, because, you know, we know that there's a lot of people out there that... Uh, are suffering during this time and you know we've mm-hmm. wanted to help as many people as possible we've uh, had a few things going that you know tried to help you know provide food and uh, a couple of other things that we were a part of at work and uh, I don't know uh, I'm happy I had an opportunity to spend time with my wife and my kids during Christmas but at the same time I don't know it there's a part of me that kind of hurts that there's so many people out there that were not able to enjoy the holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did my best to try to balance how I was feeling and at the same time not be like, hey, look at me. It's Christmas. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. there. Yeah. 
finding that balance is tough, but once you find it, it's like, okay, you got through this. Let's just enjoy and just be comfortable. And that's all you could do. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you could do. Uh, New Year's Eve is just a, a day or so after the release of this episode. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? I know people are all about resolutions and, you know, changing their life and making adjustments. And I know this has been a conversation that I've had with a handful of other people at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any goals and do you have any resolutions for 2021? Um, You know, it's kind of a good question. I didn't really have anything because at first I was like, I wasn't sure how this next year was going to be, but... The one thing I do have in mind is just trying to just grow my shop and trying to just grow us as a podcast. I think those are the first, the main two that I have on my mind. Yeah. Of course, Disney stuff too, if I can't, but that's uh, as later. But those are the two things I really want to focus on the most, if anything. Yeah. And, you know, I, look, I could say I'm going to lose weight, blah, 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 but uh, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> look, I, I've tried Not that right one now. before, but damn it, I love tacos. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, yeah. that's going to be a really difficult one, especially after spending an entire year of sitting in this corner, you know, for uh-huh. most of the day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so little goals that are manageable. Yeah, baby steps, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with that too. Now, I get you. I definitely do want to concentrate on growing the podcast. And th- it's funny because I got to thinking about this a lot, ironically, after watching Soul, which we're going to be talking about later in the episode. Um, mm-hmm. And I think in 2021, I want to continue something that I started this year. And this was even prior to watching Soul, just... I like I saw myself being better at trying to balance my time, you know, to be more present with my family mm-hmm. than I wasn't, you know, before, you know, because I I'm I, I've talked about it before that when I get neurotic about something because I want it to be mm-hmm. perfect, whether it's a video, whether it's editing, whatever the case is, uh, I man i take it to the next level and i will spend 16 hours working on something that most people were like it took me two hours what's wrong with you you know because i'm meticulously making changes to just get it to where i think it's going to be perfect and Mm -hmm. uh, i think one of the healthier things that i started doing this year was accepting when something was finished and allowing it to become something out in the world and not worrying so much about what other people were going to think about what that something was because that was always my my problem like i was always really neurotic about like well what are people going to think about this and i remember having this conversation with both you and gav about about those things and you're both like well you just kind of got to let it be you know you you mm-hmm. got to get to that point where it's like Go, little dove, fly, fly. Yeah. You know, and that's been a really difficult process for me. 
Um, but I, I feel like I've gotten better and it's definitely something that I want to work on next year even more and finding even more of a balance. Like there's one thing that I started doing, especially in the last few months that I didn't do all that much before. And that was give myself time for myself. Ah. You know, I, I've always kind of done so much for so many others that like truth be told like mid to like end of this year I really started to feel like really burnt out and just there was a lot of things I felt like I really didn't know how to handle and so I had to take a step back on certain things like I stopped posting a lot on social media like my account Mm -hmm. barely like my personal Instagram account where I posted a lot of like my Disney photos and stuff like I had to take a step back from that because they took a lot of time You know, they took a lot of time out of my day and because of the way that I like to edit stuff and because of my process and everything, uh, it's not perfect. I know that there's other people that click a couple buttons and then they throw something up that had some kind of filter on it. But, you know, that that's not me. But I realized that I needed to shift away from that a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I had to give myself time to breathe and decompress. And I think in general... It's helped, but I feel like I need to do that a little bit more. So it's finding that balance that's going to be a challenge for me. And so that's what I'm going to work on. But yeah, I I think that's going to be the biggest thing that I want to do. But overall, just getting back on track with, uh, again, just life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sorry this is getting so deep or whatever, but I've just been thinking a lot about the end of the year and starting you know what changes i want to make next year and how i want to evolve as a human and i think it's so weird because i know in the past five years now that we've been doing the podcast the podcast itself i think has changed me as a person you know because over time i feel like it helped me become structured in different ways that i didn't have structure before And it's helped me, I don't know, like it's helped me in a lot of different ways. And I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for everyone that listens because without all of you listening, obviously there wouldn't be a podcast, right? So, uh, you know, I, you, you're a big part of my life and I am very thankful for all of you. And next year, you know, I want to continue that growth. I want to continue that progression. There's a lot of things that we've kind of tested out this year and, uh, they worked out like the streaming, the game stuff. I've done game mm-hmm. streams and stuff for two or three people at a time. Like you and Jill and and my wife have helped me test a few things. And my cousin John has been really helpful with that. And uh, some members of the FGP squad have jumped in and kind of helped with that. And I think next year I might just have to start doing it. You know, that that's the thing. Like live streaming is the one aspect that I I want to do like so badly, but there's something yeah. about it. That's just like, I don't know. I don't know. Can, can, can I do it? Can I, can it's I? the, it's the fear of, of getting to that point and being like, what if I mess up? It, ooh, that right there will oh. backtrack you. And that'll tell you, no, nope. oh, I'm a mess up. <laughs> I know <laughs> I'm a mess up. And that's the thing, right? It goes, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like all those trivia things that we do. 
Like whenever we're having a conversation on the side, I think to myself, mm -hmm. yeah, I know this stuff. This is fine. It's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And oh, blah, blah, blah. But then you put me in a game where something is timed. And I'm like, uh, 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 yes. blue. You know, and <laughs> that's it's not the correct answer. So anyway, now that uh, <laughs> now that I've laid on the couch and poured my soul out to all of you. <laughs> Uh, let's move on. <laughs> so anyway, if you have any New Year's resolutions or anything you'd like to change about yourself, you know, join the conversation. Join us over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or on the Discord channel. Uh, if you're not on the Discord channel, you can head over to the blog post for this episode, podcateers.com slash 341. You'll see the invitation link there, and you can join us and have a conversation about what you'd uh, what your resolutions are, what you'd like to change, uh, or if you don't have any resolutions and you just think they're a waste of time because, damn it, you love tacos, let us know. Because, hey, that's a valid point as well. And, you know, who are we to tell you not to love tacos? That's just mm -hmm. how it goes. So, hey, uh, that article that you sent me from the Disney Parks blog about one lucky person getting to ride the Remy's Ratatouille adventure in Epcot. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But why was it just one? Like, <laughs> How did that turn out? Like, there's so many people. They could have had like, you yeah. know, 20 spots. And you know what I mean? Something. I, I don't know. I mean, one. I mean, hey, you know what? It's safe. Yeah, that's true. It's safe. That That's the first thing I was like, okay, one person. Cool. Minimal. All right. I, I get it. I totally get it. But this person is super lucky to experience the attraction before it opens, which is pretty rad. Yeah. You don't really hear that. So, you know what? Kudos. <laughs> Throughout the year, as things like this have been announced, mm -hmm. I just keep thinking, what are some of the changes that we're going to see, especially at Disneyland? You know, as as far as attractions mm -hmm. are concerned, um, you know, because the queues aren't going to remain the same, even though there's a vaccine, until the majority of people has been vaccinated or like a sufficient amount of time has passed between right. um, like the mass amount being vaccinated, the parks aren't really going to open, you know, the way that they used to be. But they're going to slowly trickle the way that Disney World has. And little by little, they're going to start letting more and more people in. And... I just wonder how long safety precautions are going to remain in place when they finally open and how badly it's going to affect queues and wait times. Because we've seen queues extend out of attractions at Disney World uh, because they're trying to give the spacing that's required, right? They're trying right. to, to really stick by the guidelines, and that's fantastic. But when you're when the park is reaching 30 to 40 percent capacity then how do you do that effectively you know because there's only yeah. so much space before it becomes a hindrance for people walking through or i mean how do you start wrapping outside of the queue like think of attractions like the haunted mansion you know when you're yeah. in when you're in the stretching room Think of how packed it is in there and how many people you're around. And it's a tight yeah. space, you know. So I, I'm wondering if attractions like the mansion are going to bypass the stretching room altogether 
and they're going to space people out and bring them in like through the side door that leads right into the hallway before the doom buggies you know so oh that's a possibility yeah i mean i think there's a lot of attractions that obviously are going to require some sort of change that way at least for the time being once they get the okay to open the parks again and i assume that maybe even some attractions won't open because the the queues won't allow them to you know stretch yeah, things that's out what I was like thinking that about. so yeah you know something like pirates can stretch out only so far be- before you start blocking the pathway in front of the rivers of america or the pathway behind you know where the arch is leading between adventureland and new orleans square and which right. has happened before so yeah it's definitely going to be something that i'm going to be interested in how they handle and how long it's going to be like that once they're able to reopen the park because i know that once like i said i'm optimistic that the parks are going to reopen soon and Mm -hmm. the faster that people follow the orders that we have the faster we can get back to where we want to be you know Mm -hmm. so uh, that's definitely something uh, to look out for next year uh, so anyway, congratulations to Emily Jacobson. She was the lucky recipient of the uh, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure uh, sneak peek uh, over at Epcot. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to watch the video of that happening, head over to podcasters.com slash 341. We have the video posted there so you can take a look. And speaking of Epcot, uh, we just want to send a quick congratulations and uh, way to go to our buddy Sam, who's going to be a part of the Epcot International Festival of the Arts. Uh, That's going to be going on from January 16th through the 26th. And he's going to have some art, you know, debuting. Uh, If you follow him on Twitter and Instagram, he's been posting some sneak peeks of the art. It's good stuff, man. Sam's a really talented dude. And I'm happy, you know, that he's going to get an opportunity to be a part of this because it's super cool. Totally. Um, I, I'm just I, I want to start talking about soul. Can we can we. Oh, before we talk about soul, can we talk about Burrow? Yeah. All right, let's, let's talk, about, talk about it. All right. <laughs> uh, you've seen both, right? Uh-huh. All right. Cool. Well, before we go on to that, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcasters is brought to you by a fantastic group of listeners known as the FGP Squad. The FGP Squad uh, helps us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon, and it's that contribution that helped make these episodes of Podcasters possible. If you want to be a part of the FGP Squad family, you can get more information by going to podcasters.com slash FGP. Being a part of the FGP Squad family gets you additional perks like discounts on Podcasters gear, additional content, access to our monthly happy hour call, uh, which is always fun. The next one's going to be coming up very, very soon, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, the last one that we did was one of the funnest ones that we've ever done. And it went pretty long. I think we went for just about three hours last time. It was the energy. We were yeah. just like, let's keep going. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was a good vibe for that call. So I was pretty happy. So anyway, again, if you're interested, uh, podcasters.com slash FGP is where you want to go for more information. And of course, to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. Okay. Burrow. Yeah. What did you think about it? Off the bat, this is the first um, short film that actually matches with the feature film. Yeah. 
Yeah, I kind of got like the same vibes, which was really cool. Um, it, yeah, I was like, and it's funny because I saw Soul first and then I saw Burrow after. Oh, me too. So for me, I was like, hey, I, I kind of, cool. Like this is, I love this because, you know, sometimes you have the, you know, I love the shorts. I love the Spark shorts too. And, but sometimes they just, they're just opposite. Yeah. But this is the first one where it's like a set. Yeah, it was funny. Um, our plan for Christmas was obviously, you know, to get up, have the kids open up the gifts that we got them or mm -hmm. sorry, that Santa brought them <laughs> and then sit down, have breakfast and watch Soul. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much how the morning went. So I was pretty happy that we had a chance to watch it pretty early on. Uh, I, I did watch Burrow a day after I watched Soul, but I had the same feelings that you did. Uh, there's uh, a, a big sense of community in that film. Yeah. I mean, before we go on, I just have to tell you, man, there's going to be a lot of spoilers in this episode. If you haven't watched Burrow or Soul, you may want to come back after you watch that and see if you agree with some of the things that we say, because... There's a lot of things that I wanted to talk about, but they kind of require talking about certain things in the film. So this episode of Podcateers may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. There's your warning. <laughs> Perfect. That's it. Uh, yeah, Burrow has a really great sense of community, and it, it kind of struck a nerve with me because you know how earlier we were talking about how one of the things I want to change is kind of, you know, finish things, move on, grow. Mm -hmm. I, I've i never been, like, the type of person to ask for help. <laughs> Same. And I've always struggled with that. And sadly, uh, what it's done is it's put me in situations where, you know, I work way more than I have to because – you know, I, I want to learn it. I want to do it. But had I given it to somebody that knew how to do it, it would have been done in one quarter of the time. You know, mm -hmm. uh, again, something that I'm getting better at, something that I want to continue working on. But yeah, I mean, this one kind of struck a chord with me because that that was the theme to me. You know, like yeah. he didn't want help. Like he kind of did his thing until he ran into trouble. And he's like, Ah, ah, you right. know, and he needed the help to get out of that. Dang, if I relatable, that person didn't speak up for themselves and was actually afraid to speak up, which is so relatable because I do the same thing. I used to do the same thing. But yeah. And then what happened is you get stepped all over, yeah. you know, walked all over. Yeah. And that's what happens. But. It just takes like that one step to be like, hey, or excuse me, or, you know, when you want to put your, your two cents or if you want to speak up, that's what happens. Yep. So I was like, hey, hey, that's that's me. I don't like this picture. It's me. I'm involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a part of me that kind of wanted to hate it because, you know, it's like holding the mirror up to you. But at the same time, I'm mm -hmm. like, I see you. Okay, yeah. I got it. Mm -hmm. All right. So, yeah, I, I liked it. Uh, I liked the old school feel of it. When we were watching it, uh, my wife said, it kind of looks like an Arthur cartoon. Like, it, yeah. it has, like, a weird PBS feel to it. Like a storybook um, 
kind of cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I, I get you. It, it felt like an after school special style cartoon on PBS. Yeah. It's like, let me teach you a lesson the hard way, son. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what it was. So meeting adjourned, I guess they did it. <laughs> right. Overall, I think it was a really great short. I think the messaging behind it was fantastic. You're absolutely mm -hmm. right. It was definitely really well connected to soul in, you know, in a lot of aspects. And it's not something that you generally see from the Pixar films, but maybe anybody that's closer to the situation can vouch for this. But I feel that Pixar has become a more connected company. And especially as the Spark shorts have come out and uh, Inside Pixar was released on Disney Plus, I, I really feel like Pixar is practicing what they're preaching yeah. with all of those projects that there really is a sense of community. They're all kind of talking to each other a lot more. And like this kind of feels like that. You know, yeah. they, they feel like they're interwoven a lot more. And who knows what's going to happen with the next one? Because we don't know what the short for Luca is going to be. Right. Yeah, and they right. could be completely disconnected. And when that comes out, we're going to be like, well, they did it again. They just went back to the old ways. <laughs> but I mean, for this one, maybe it was the fact that, you know, we were in a pandemic. Maybe it was the fact that things were finished, you know, while at home. I don't know. It could be a lot of different things, but... Oh, it could be. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, they really did feel very connected, and it, it felt nice to have that between the two. Uh, Soul. Yeah. What a film, right? No pun intended, but speaking to my soul, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Every time that I've watched the Pixar film, I've always thought to myself... This is certainly a kid's film that adults are able to enjoy. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. 3D animation or animation in general is not something that every adult enjoys. I know some personally that just can't stand cartoons or for whatever reason. Um, they can't stand animated features and they stay away from them as much as possible. Mm -hmm. But this one, I felt wasn't geared towards kids. I felt that this was the first Pixar film really geared towards an adult audience. Yeah. Here I thought um, Inside Out was pretty um, strong. Yeah. This one, you go deeper. Yeah. And I mean, the evolution of Pixar films, as far as the meanings that are attached to each one, you know, the meaning of friendship and that's been communicated all the way back since the very first Toy Story, right? Mm -hmm. But like love, you know, we've seen it in multiple films. We've seen it in WALL-E. We've seen it in Up. Um, you know, Inside Out was one of the first that dealt with kind of just what's going on inside of a person and it could be yeah. interpreted in a lot of different ways i think but like every single one of them always had a lesson about life and how you should kind of approach certain things and how you should deal with certain things and how you should kind of let things be this one was pretty blatant in mm -hmm. how they communicated exactly that 
You know, the the message of soul was enjoy life. Yeah. You know, just enjoy your life. Uh, and like this one, I think at a at a teen level, a lot of people begin to seriously stress out and wonder, you know, what do I want to do when I'm older? What direction do I want to take with my life? Like, well, what do I need to study? Am I going to go to college? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? You know, and the older you get, the more things like that you worry about. Mm -hmm. And this one spoke, I, 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 I think it really spoke directly to artistic people because artistic people and this kind of goes back to what i was talking about earlier about how like for me personally when i start working on something i get you know really attached to it and i get um really obsessed with making sure that it's as best and as perfect as possible yeah that's exactly what was happening in this film Mm -hmm. like uh joe the protagonist he basically saw himself as this jazz musician because when he was a child, he was taken to a club by his father. He saw a jazz musician play and it transformed his life. Like it gave his life purpose according to him. And he felt that he was put on that earth in order to play jazz music. That was his Mm -hmm. goal. And that, the passion that he felt while trying to achieve that goal became an obsession. Yes. Because there's a really thin line between passion and obsession, and Mm -hmm. he crossed that line. And so it's evident in the film how in in the beginning, he kind of sees that he's he's a teacher, he's a music teacher, and while he's in class, he's listening to his students and uh, he tries to lecture them when one child does this really, really great solo. Yeah. And everybody's like, what's happening? And he's like, oh, you have to this, you have to that. And the the one little girl that plays the solo, she's like, I'm 12. Like, what are you talking about? You know, like she didn't understand because <laughs> uh, apparently no one else can see the passion that he has. Like for me, that was super relatable. Oh my gosh, yes. Because you could like, you could stare at a piece day after day and it'll just, it could, one little speck will bother you. So I, I, I totally understood where he was talking, he's coming in with his music. He has to be perfect and just a perfectionist that his mind, his world is this one thing. Yeah. So he ends up like chasing his dream. And everyone has a dream, you know, whether you want to do this or you want to do that. Everyone has that. I mean, like you said, artists, I mean, I think it goes past that. I mean, pretty much anyone who creates or who wants to create and whatever they want to do, like whatever your goal is, we all have that. So it was pretty awesome to see how he goes through his journey yeah. and just seeing like, Oh my gosh, yeah, we've done that or I've done that. And you just see yourself, it's trippy. Yeah, and it's interesting how in a digital age, like his journey wasn't necessarily a digital one, right? Because Mm -hmm. I think in our world, 
there's so many people that obsess over social media, right? And what it means and how you seek validation through it, right? Because I can tell you that part of the reason that I had to take a step back from Instagram was because like I kept seeing myself invest a lot of time in creating these photos and editing these photos and putting out something that I was happy with or, you know, that I wanted the world to see. And then I got like 20 likes on it and people can blame the algorithm and they can do whatever they want. And that's, that's fine. You know, I get it. There's algorithms, there's things that work in your favor, the whole like posting three times a day to get people to see your stuff. It's a lot of work. It is. And I have a full-time job. I'm a full-time dad. I'm a full-time husband. I'm a full-time friend and I can't let it consume me. Mm -hmm. And what I started seeing is that the more I saw that, the more it started to bum me out. And I started, we had this conversation, like I I remember having this conversation with you and Gavin where I told you guys, like I kind of feel like I lost the passion for shooting photos because I I didn't know where I was going with it. Like before I would go out, shoot a bunch of pictures and it would get me side jobs and it was great, you know? And I think being away from it has helped me Uh, feel it again like I started Mm -hmm. kind of editing stuff I haven't really posted anything but I've started kind of you know editing more stuff again and I've kind of tried different things that I like are not my style I've I've started editing and trying new techniques that I wouldn't necessarily post in the past but uh, I, I might post them in the future I don't know but right now it's just for me like it's not for anybody else like all the stuff I'm doing is just for me because it makes me happy to do it But that validation that we seek through social media is what becomes an obsession. And that obsession is what separates you from everyone else and everything else that you're doing. Right. So Mm -hmm. that that's kind of where this film lands. Like he was so obsessed with becoming this great jazz musician that he kind of let everything else go by and he didn't even realize it. Right. We're always telling ourselves, oh, man, like, where did the time go? Like, oh, I Mm -hmm. blinked and all of a sudden it's eight years later. It's like the time went into what you were trying to do and didn't realize it. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. uh, Yeah. Like from the very beginning, I'm like, dude, like you guys are hitting (laughs) hard with this one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. uh, You know, with Inside Out and everything, you tackled the feelings and stuff but the idea of tackling like death and the meaning of life goes beyond like 42 right there's a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy reference for all you nerds out there um (laughs) it it goes way beyond 42 at this point and it this I, i remember at the end of this film after watching it I I called uh, some really good friends to wish them a Merry Christmas and everything. And I had been sitting there for like a good 15 or 20 minutes after we watched the film. And uh, he asked me, uh, so what are you doing right now? I said, oh, we just got done watching Soul. And I'm just sitting here contemplating life, the universe and everything and what I've done with my life. (laughs) He's like, yeah, we watched Soul and felt the same way, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just gives you a different perspective and 
literally stopping to smell the roses. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Uh, again, I think there's a lot of things about the film that you may have to watch it one or two times to kind of really like get it. Like if you're not paying attention the first time around, there's some things you can very easily miss. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about like Easter eggs or anything. I'm just like the film itself and just kind of the meaning of it. But the film resonates in such an existential way that I don't know. It It's one of the, like to me, it's one of the best films Pixar has ever put out. And that says a lot because Coco is up there, but this one just, it, it hits you on a different level. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's funny that you said that because when I was talking to my buddy Juan about this film, uh, he actually brought that up. Like he, we talked about, you know, death and everything. And then he said, well, what about, you know, the last film? What about Coco? Didn't that deal with death as well? And I said, kind of, but it dealt with a holiday that celebrated the meaning behind the holiday and how Mm -hmm. it's connected to certain traditions. And yes, death revolved around it, but that's because it's a part of the holiday. This one, like, dude's walking down the street and falls down a manhole. Like, right? How you know what I mean? Like, it's not pretty. It's it's a real life scenario that could happen if you weren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. And so this one really took it to that next level where they made it very obvious what was happening, and there was not. It, it wasn't like in up right where you kind of see these pictures you see this montage at the end you get an idea of what happened and they kind of tell you when carl's sitting there by himself but they don't actually say it you know like right you know in this one you straight up know as soon as he's going up that little escalator thing and he starts piecing things together Mm -hmm. most religions will say like go into the light or you know like those types of phrases that's what this was like, you uh-huh. straight up knew what was happening. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Can we also talk a little bit about 22? Yeah. And, oh, 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 my God. Just 22 has been me this year. <laughs> <laughs> I think 22 has been a lot of us this year. <laughs> yeah. I was like, good grief. This character is just, oh, my gosh. They they The one thing for me that, that took that took me away was they're talking about anxiety yeah and that is huge super huge because that's a lot of what we're dealing with right now yeah so it was so it was kind of soothing to hear it and see it and be like oh my gosh this is normal like if for once it felt normal yeah watching a film whether it's in a movie theater or at home has always been an escape from reality. Mm -hmm. And this one definitely hit a lot different because there was so many real-life scenarios and real-life emotion attached to this film that it does does remind you. I don't know if it struck so many chords differently this time where it... There were times where I was watching the film... Mm -hmm that like my mind started kind of going to like different people that I know and different conversations that I've had throughout the year. And 
like I, I instantly started to make these connections where I stopped feeling like I was watching a movie. And yeah. it started to feel like a real life conversation I was having with people. And it wasn't until something in the film that was obviously a cartoon thing to happen that broke me out of that like semi trance. Like it, it kind of mm-hmm. brought me like, oh, that's right. I'm watching a movie again, you know, and it, it was definitely a strange feeling because, uh, like I said, all the other films that we've watched, they all in ways deal with real life scenarios like they all like. Wally, for instance, it deals with love and it deals with, mm-hmm. you know, nature and it deals with, um, you know, how how people follow trends and stuff like that. But none of Wally felt super real to me where I'm like, oh, yeah, like, oh, wow, that's real life. You know, um, yeah. Up is probably I, I keep referring to it because it's probably one of the ones that feels so close to real life because of how the story progressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in that one, you could separate yourself from it really easily, especially when it's in that first part of the film, because everything else after that, it's like his house is floating on balloons, y'all. There's no way that's happening. Right. Right. But this one. It was so grounded in reality, like the scenes where he goes to the barber shop and he starts talking to the barber and the other mm-hmm. people that are there. Uh, the interactions that he has with other people, the interactions with his mother, like everything is so grounded in reality in this film yes. that it makes it really easy to forget that you're watching a film from Pixar. That is, that is the best thing you could have said right there. Like I, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm signing my name again, right next to that too. Cause that, that's exactly, it just, it, it does hit you a lot different and it just felt like you were there and it didn't feel like you said, a cartoon or forced. It just felt natural. Yeah. It just felt so natural. And yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny because in my head, there's, there's certain, this is going to sound really dark and grim and it's not meant to be like that but there's not a lot of things that i watch that ever make me feel like this right there's Mm -hmm. episodes if you've ever had an opportunity to watch something called black mirror on netflix like there's a lot of things about black mirror that hit pretty close to home when it comes to reality uh black Ah. mirror is kind of like the new twilight zone if you want to put it like that but it's it's not for kids by the way don't show it to your kids uh the twilight zone obviously had episodes where they kind of made you think um Mm -hmm. it's a wonderful life you know films like that like films that really make you connect on a human level with these characters and i'm sure there's a lot more but those are just some of the ones that came to mind when i was thinking like what other films made me feel like this Mm -hmm. it it just helps you connect on a human level you know which is really really difficult to do with characters in film especially when the majority of things that we watch seems like a rehash of something else that we've already seen you know yeah um so 22 i don't remember the exact number but there's a scene where they're assigning these these souls to a mentor 
And mm-hmm. it, did you notice the huge gap? I should have written down the number the last time I saw the film, but he's like, soul 1,785,000, blah, blah, blah. Like, he recites this huge number. Yeah. And the one that he gets stuck with is 22. That gives <laughs> you an idea of how long 22 has been there. And there's mm-hmm. other clues, obviously, because uh, 22 talks about some of of their mentors throughout time. Like, he's all like, oh, uh, I've trained with Copernicus and Muhammad Ali and Marie Antoinette. <laughs> and, and Mother Teresa. And Mother Teresa. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Uh, and then there's another scene where they walk into a box and Joe sees all these name tag stickers on the wall of all of the mentors that 22 has had in the past and mm-hmm. they're ranging really far back there's like archimedes and uh, albert einstein amelia Earhart, aretha franklin johnny cash is in there jack kirby <laughs> oh wow jack kirby i was missed in that there. one yeah, jack kirby was in there um so you have a sense of how long 22 has been suffering, you know, with trying to figure out how they fit into the world because their biggest fear is what's the point if there's no mm-hmm. meaning. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And the entire premise of the film is basically what is the meaning of life? Mm-hmm. You know, what is yeah. the meaning of life and how, how will you be happy? What do you need to do in order to be happy? And we always hear about that one little spark that everybody has, you know, and and what gets you up in the morning and what makes you this. And Joe's realization, you know, I'm not going to tell you how it happens. Obviously, you want to watch the film. But if you haven't yet and you decided that you don't care that you're listening to this part of the episode. But when Joe finally comes to the realization that maybe what he's been searching for his entire life isn't what he was meant to do. I I don't know. I got to feel super hard because it's a question that I've asked myself, you know, in years before. Like, am I going in the right direction? Like, what mm-hmm. should I be aiming for? What should I concentrate on? I, I don't want to get to a point where I look back and think to myself, Man, that was a waste of time, Yeah, you know? And yeah. so a lot of what I've started doing and a lot of what I've done in the last year, kind of now last couple of years, um, has really been geared towards doing things that just make me happy. Trying not to obsess about the things that I can't control. You know, and it's hard. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's super, super hard to get to that point. I don't think I'm fully there yet. I think there's a lot of growth that can happen, you know, for me as a person. But, I mean, it it hit really hard when I saw this film because it kind of, I I don't know, it's like one of those films where you think to yourself, man, I saw this at the right place at the right time in my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I thought. I was like, this is like the the film to watch after what we've all been dealt with like this was this is a good movie that makes you reflect and the timing of it is like you know around this time is when we start reflecting and trying to change or whatever you know so it's just 
perfect. Yeah. Perfect timing. Yeah. I don't know how it would receive be received if they were to be in March. You know? Yeah, I'm wondering how it would hit different. You're right. That's a really great question. Not just in March, but how would it have hit if we weren't in a pandemic? Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting way to think about it. Yeah, I, I want to ask that question to everyone listening. If this film was released, let's say, any time early in the year, or let's say summer, or if it was released any time that we weren't in a pandemic, how different do you think you would feel about Soul in contrast to how you feel about it now? Mm-hmm. You know? It makes you wonder, but it was just perfect timing. Yeah. But, I mean, it was a Pixar film. There was a lot of Easter eggs. I didn't see any. Oh, my. I was there so, was so many. I was so caught up with everything else. You know, I caught more of them the second time around because okay. I was looking for them the second time around. Okay. Um, the first time that we watched it, my kids did a really good job of pointing out a bunch of stuff. Good job. Like my So... A lot of the uh, a lot of the Easter eggs that they initially saw were um, when they went into the Hall of Everything. Like mm. the Hall of Everything basically was a place for all the Pixar props from any other movie, and it was our job to decipher what they were, obviously, <laughs> because there was so many. But I remember when we were watching that, uh, it was my my youngest that yelled out, "Oh, look! It's the Pizza Planet truck." Oh, nice. look, it's the Luxo lamp. And Luxo Jr. was sitting there. Nice. Um, and then if you kind of pause it, you can see a whole bunch of stuff. Like you can see Willie's Butte from Cars. Um, in one of the road signs, when they're kind of panning over, you can see the A113 kind of inscribed nice. on one. Of, it looks like a street sign mm-hmm. like that's pointing in different directions. Um, there was a big whale that kind of looks like it could have been from Fantasia, but I think it's the same whale that's hanging in the aquarium in Finding Dory. When, oh. like, there's a big fish tank there in, at the aquarium. Uh, in the very, very background, you see Saturn, you see Jupiter, and then you see the Axiom kind of nice. floating next to it. <laughs> um there, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that I think can be misinterpreted as other things, and they're thrown in there to kind of throw you off. But Maybe. honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this hall of everything was comprised of models that existed in every single Pixar film prior to this. You know, because they have the models. Why not use them in something called the hall of everything? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so I'm sure that there's tons more of those uh somebody told me uh and i had to go back and look for it i i hadn't caught this one but i went back and saw that when joe falls into the manhole mm-hmm. the van in the background on the right hand side says retlaw and in case you don't know retlaw was the original company that walt had set up prior to wed that he was using to manage the rights to his name to uh, like, it was the holding company for some of the attractions that they were building for Disneyland. Oh my God. Retlaw is Walter spelled backwards. And uh, yes, you're right. It was very, very a minimum amount of people that worked there. Bob Gurr actually worked as part of Retlaw for a little bit before he transitioned over to wed or yeah, to wed before it became WDI. Um, 
there there was another one that somebody pointed out to me that actually goes back to Onward. And Ooh. in the film Onward, on one of the shelves, um, they have an album of the Dorothea Williams Quartet. It's like a record <gasps> that's sitting on their shelf, with I, which I thought was just no. super, super cool. And I had to go back and see Onward, and yes, it is in there. That is uh, so cool. So I thought that was a really cool tie back. Um, I think that was it. I- I'm sure there's a lot more than that. But again, uh, and and especially when they walk into the box, I'm sure that there's a ton of Easter eggs in there um, that I didn't catch. But I didn't watch it, you know, frame by frame to try to catch everything. But those were just right. some of the ones that stuck out the most. Yeah, I it was such a great film. I mean, I I think I, I want to hear what other people have to say about it. Uh, I yeah. know when we have the next happy hour call before we, you know, start any of the games, I'd love to hear what some of the FGP squad members thought about it or if they want to share their thoughts on the Discord channel and we can start a discussion there, that'd be cool. But yeah, this is certainly at the top of my list of Pixar films because even like even the music was just yes i don't know like everything everything about it you know you know the scene where where he talks about going into the zone mhm having and obviously it's not what really happens right but having a visual of what it's like to be in the zone working on something i just it, like to me like it felt like I really connected with that because there's so many times that I feel like I'm working on something and I get in the zone mm-hmm. and I don't want to say that I see all these lights flying around me or anything like that, but <laughs> I do feel like I'm, I'm in a space of my own, right? Yeah. And like the world just around you just kind of falls off for a second. You're working and you're really concentrating on something and then you finish and you're like, Whoa. Like you're back, right? Like, and yeah, that's kind of what it felt like. And uh, that, I think, was a really, really great part of the film. Uh, I'm sure that that's something you can connect with. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It, it's like that beautiful moment where you're just like lost in time and then you come back and you're done and you're like, oh, my gosh, it's done. Like that feeling is beautiful. So the way that it was pro- like just shown was just perfect yeah i mean it's it's minimal you don't have to have a lot of flash it's just perfect the that was something i wanted to talk about was the color palette it's just cool tone and it's just soothing but i love how it kind of gave me fantasia 2000 with rhapsody in blue Mm -hmm. and it, it gave me those vibes i loved it I don't I don't think it's going to it'll be a, a reach if I say that it was like inspired. We don't know. But to me, I love that connection because you had the story of the guy who wanted to play and that's all he wanted to do. And then we see this film and we see Joe and it's kind of like the same story, which was really, really cool. It's just a different like take. Yeah, I think one of the messages that it was trying to deliver about the randomness of life and not everything going the way that you think it's supposed mm-hmm. to go fit really well with the music that was created for the film because mm-hmm. like jazz itself 
isn't perfect, right? Like you, right. when you think of jazz, and and I and I want to clarify that because I love jazz music, and I don't want that to come off wrong or bad. What I mean by it is that when bands practice they practice getting the song right and the same every single time, mm -hmm. right? That's the purpose of them practicing. Whereas in jazz, although you're playing the same song, it's a feeling, right? Yes. You, you play how you feel, and that goes to what Joe was doing, right? Like it, it's mm -hmm. that zone that you're in, and it, it, it comes from inside of you. You know, like the instruments become an extension of you and your soul, mm -hmm. you know, and jazz is random in the way that you can hear the same song played so many different ways, even by the same artist that they'll add a little bit of flair here. They'll add a little bit of flair there. And just those few notes made it different than the last performance because what they were feeling at the time prompted them to do that. Mm -hmm. And so that in itself was a like really great way to portray the message of the film for me. So this, I don't know, there's just so many things about this film that I connected with and I really enjoyed. And I I've seen it a couple times and I, I want to watch it again. Yeah, it's it's just a good movie. It's it just touches you. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, all right. Well, now that the therapy session's over, <laughs> uh, we want to hear from all of you. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on Soul. We'd love to hear your thoughts on some of the things that we talked about earlier in the episode. Uh, join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can join us on Discord. If you're not there yet, remember that you can find an invitation to the Discord channel in the blog post for this episode, podcateers.com slash 341. And let's talk about it. Let's... You know, let's see where everybody falls. And if you disagree with us, cool. I'd, I'd love to know why people disagree with how this film made you feel and whether you enjoyed it or not and what it was that you didn't enjoy about it. And, uh, you know, everybody's philosophies are different. And, you know, sometimes you, you just don't connect with the message that a film is trying to portray. And it's always interesting for me to hear why you didn't connect mm -hmm. with something because it gives me a different view that I can possibly learn from. So uh, I'd be interested to hear, you know, what you have to say about it. So uh, that's it. I I think we should wrap it up on that. I think the, the film is fantastic. Personally, I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's one of Pixar's greatest films. Uh, well done. Uh, <laughs> there's so much awesome in this film. And so we'll, we'll end on there's anything that we can take away from this film it's just live that's it yep so with that keep dreaming keep moving forward and always remember to pass on the magic have a fantastic week everyone bye